Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Friday, February 3rd. It is five minutes after 11. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and you're listening to 93 WIBC. So President Biden was throwing more jabs at his potential rivals for the GOP nomination for president, more candidates planning to make announcements in the in the coming weeks, days and months. Trump is the only Republican who has officially entered the 24 presidential race, but other candidates appear to be planning on jumping in. They're talking about it. They're making indications. For example, for example, the uh, former ambassador, Nikki Haley, she's expected to announce her candidacy on February 15th. Okay, so let me ask you that real quick let me stop you i'm going to ask you a question about this uh she had told trump mm-hmm. or she, i think she said publicly i don't think she told trump i think she said it publicly mm-hmm. right if he runs i'm not running mm-hmm. well he's running mm-hmm. and now you're running mm-hmm. so she's going back on her word why should i think you're anything other than another politician who is a dishonest fool yeah. and power hungry yeah she uh they talked about it and he told her that she should follow her heart I mean, I I agree that any person who wants to run for president should run for president or any person who wants to run for any office should run because we need more people running for public office. But again, no one held a gun to your head and made you make the emphatic statement when you thought Trump was unbeatable. Well, if he's running, I'm not running because you want some sort of cabinet position or to be considered for vice president or whatever, mm-hmm. which is why you made the statement. And now that you think he's vulnerable, now you're going to run. Well, you, you lied. Well, she changed her mind. No, she lied. She made a definitive statement. I mean, she didn't say, "Look, I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I, I can't envision a world in which I uh, do it. I, I don't, I don't. You know, that that just if Trump runs, I'm just not gonna. Uh, you know, I just can't see it happening. She made a definitive statement. If he runs. I'm not running. Okay, so Trump said that she's a very ambitious person person, and she just couldn't stay in her seat. But like you mentioned, is she out so early to actually compete or is she floating a VP? Well, but what's the, but again, Potential. it doesn't matter what she's doing. I mean, it matters what she's doing in the sense of that she's running and you can't trust any of these people. This is the problem, right? Again, Mike Pence, not a problem. He had the documents. I'm sure there was no ill intent there. I'm sure he wasn't selling secrets to foreign menaces, but you smugly went on national television mm-hmm. and declared in a holier than thou way that, you know, you just acted just disgusted about Donald Trump having those documents. But then you had the documents and you told us you didn't have the documents and you did have the documents. It, it's not the act itself. It's the statement and the definitive statement and the high and mighty way in which people make the statements. You can't trust any of these people, Casey. You're surprised that she's going back on her word? She hasn't officially announced that she's running. This is all speculation at this point. So maybe she hasn't gone back on her word. But uh, is she really just trying to... Is she really going to push back on Trump? That's the thing you got to watch. If she does come out and say February 15th or whenever she does it, if she does it, that she's running for president. Okay. You'll know she's serious if she really starts hammering away at Trump. If she doesn't, she's not really in the game. She's just trying to get a VP nod. People are looking for someone to believe in. And our politicians keep giving people reasons not to believe in them. And a big part of believing in someone else 
is following through on what you say you're going to do. So like we talked about this with Abdul yesterday. If Abdul comes out and apologizes for his years and years and years and years of interesting social media posts, mm-hmm. then that's going to take all the wind out of his sails because we know he's not sorry for them. We know he was being funny and soliciting a response and goading people into, you know, looking at his stuff, which is that's his job, right? That's what he did. And it was des- What's his job. Yeah, right. Well, it's, you know, it's designed to spark conversation, right? And there's humor and stuff, and it's okay to laugh at things, and we know he's not sorry. So if he were to come out and say, oh, I'm terribly sorry I did this, then you couldn't believe in him because we know, we know Abdul, and we know he's not sorry. And at least thus far, he's done a great job of going, kiss my ass. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay to laugh at stuff in this world. And that gives you someone that you can say, at least for now, Mm -hmm. we can believe in this person that he might stand up for what he says and do what he says because he's not backing down from things he's not sorry about. And I asked him about that, if he was going to scrub all of his social media from the past. And he said, no, I stand by what I said, which shows conviction. So you're saying that Nikki Haley is lacking that sort of conviction. I'm saying she, uh, in an unforced fashion, made a definitive statement. And she, in an unforced fashion, made a definitive statement because she believed Donald Trump was probably unbeatable. And then that would be very bad because she wants power to set herself up for a position in a future administration, whatever. Well, now it's obvious Trump is certainly far more, more vulnerable than he was a year, a year and a half ago, whatever. And now she sees an opportunity to be president of the United States. States. You're a liar. You said you weren't going to do something. If you do it, especially it's a huge thing, right? You are a liar. Is she playing both sides? Is this a situation where she, you know, going to support Trump and be his BFF, but then, oh, wait a minute. Like, she doesn't want to make him too angry. I think these people spend most of their lives, these career politicians, trying to figure out how to be the next more powerful, more important thing. And there are very few people who come along who are willing to not do that thing, right? To actually put the 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 interest of the public ahead of themselves. Now, look, I think it's a shame that Jim uh, that uh, Mitch Daniels got bullied out of running for U.S. Senate by Jim Banks. I think that's terrible that Jim Banks bullied an old man out of running for U.S. Senate. And Jim is going to have to live with that. And Jim will probably sail. Will, his punishment will be sailing to a seat in the U.S. Senate. And Mitch Daniels will forever. The lasting final thing of Mitch Daniels will be he got bullied out of running by Jim Banks. But there's also an other side of the coin that says, well, Mitch Daniels said he wasn't going to run again when he ran for governor, and Mm -hmm. I guess ultimately he didn't. Now, he clearly did the song and dance, Mm -hmm. clearly was on his mind. It was clearly something he at least wanted to do in the moment because he was exploring it. Well, and a lot of people were pressuring him, too, to run, and he, I I think he kind of went, oh, I'm going to look into it, and then decided, no, that's not the gig for me. Sure. And and again, it's just terrible that Jim Banks and his people bullied Mitch Daniels out of running for U.S. Senate because we all would have been better off. But the point is, at least he stayed true to what was his thing, right? It's like when we talk about it here with me, I do not see in the foreseeable future a time in which I will re-enter politics. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not telling you it will never happen again because I can't for sure tell you I will never get that itch or there won't become a moment where I feel I can do immense good for the public and want to get in and do it. But I'm being honest with you right now that that is not going to happen. At least I don't see it happening in the near future. That's not a definitive never statement. So you wouldn't say, well, Rob Kendall is a liar. No, it's honest with you. She said what she said Mm -hmm. because she was afraid to take on him and she knew that if he wins and she's running against him, that would be bad for her career. Now she thinks she can win and somebody said to steal a phrase uh from Rashida Tlaib I'm so sorry sis you really need to get out there and and make a go of it okay so you mentioned Jim Banks and of course we know he's running for senate and uh that would leave an opening in his district and coming up later in the hour we're going to speak with Marlon Stutzman who may or may not run we'll we'll hear what he has to say Marlon's great yeah it's one of like seven people in politics that I like. So for you people who say, oh, Rob, he's so negative. He doesn't like anyone. I like Marlon Stutzman and he's going to be with us later. Okay. Well, Trump was on the Hugh Hewitt show and he was asked about, you know, these different people running and if he would back anybody else. And this is what he had to say. If you're not the nominee, will you support whoever the GOP nominee is? It would depend. I would I would give you the same answer I gave in 2016 during the debate. The first question I was asked by Brett Bear. I was asked two rather. I was asked two rather interesting questions. Uh, it would have to depend on who the nominee was. Okay, that's that's what he said in 2016. But uh, is he going to run as a third party candidate if he doesn't get the nominee? Then well, that's so that's the question, right? Because I'll tell you that was when the debates started in 20. 20- 15, I think is when they first started debating. I was interest, very interested in Donald Trump, but I still kind of thought, hey, maybe Ted Cruz or, or certainly Rand Paul mm-hmm. was going to be the best guy. And on the, that was the opening question right out of the gate, and they made everybody raise their hand, and Trump didn't was the only guy who didn't raise his hand, and that's why I said, that's the guy for me. Because let's face it, a lot of these people the Republicans put up there to run are crap. Jeb Bush was crap. Larry Hogan, the governor, former governor of Maryland, if he runs, will be crap. There's a whole bunch of these establishment people who are not worth voting for, who you should not support. And I think it was very refreshing for somebody to at least be honest to go, well, no, if it's not somebody that fits my ideals as a candidate, then I'm not going to vote for somebody just because of a meaningless letter. Now, the only problem with that is Trump will totally demand complete subservience from everybody else on that stage and will lose his mind if somebody on the stage doesn't support him. But at least he's honest that he won't support support those everyone. There is a long list of potential Republican politicians and even business executives that people are talking about could run. Can I just run through some of these names with you quickly? Sure. All right. Let's just give a, you know, just a, a quick, what's your initial instinct? Yes. Greg Abbott. No. Liz Cheney. No. Chris Christie. No. Tom Cotton. No. Ted Cruz. Nope. Ron DeSantis. Nope. Oh, yes. Sorry. <laughs> you stuck that in. Look, it's, it's a, it's a, it, you, can, you can name everybody under the sun. It's a two-person race. It's Trump and DeSantis. Everybody else is killing time to get on television. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what they're doing is they are killing time to get on television to try to worm into whatever the next either cushy government job is or a spot on TV. That's what everybody else is doing. They might as well. They should just clear the stage, right? It's like... Two, two guys in the arena and whoever comes out of this 
that is who it'll be. Everybody else is just wasting oxygen and taking up valuable debate time. So you don't think it'll be like what it was where there's like 16 different candidates and then it gets whittled down to eight? Well, very well could be. And that's a waste of everybody's time. Right. That's a colossal bore and a waste of everyone's time. Liz Cheney has as much chance of being president as I do, and I'm not running. Larry Hogan, (laughs) if he runs, has as much chance as Hulk Hogan does of being president, and he's not running. Uh, Any of those people, even Rubio, Cruz, Chris Christie, it's a two-person ballgame. And the sooner we get down to the two guys, the sooner we'll start figuring out who the best person is. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Well, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go, little darling. 19 minutes after 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So earlier this week, Tom Brady announced his retirement again. And uh, he's in the news again, but but not for the retirement, for his potential income as being a broadcaster. And this is kind of shocking. He's set to earn more as a broadcaster than he did during his entire NFL career. Isn't this wild? Yes. So what? What he made like three three hundred thirty five million. Three hundred thirty three million okay. as a player. His on-field earnings, yes, during okay. his 23-year NFL career. And he will make $375 million yes. as a broadcaster for 10 years. Yes, with Fox Sports. Casey, okay, so Casey, you have been uh, in the management side of media, mm-hmm. and so you have obviously hired people for media jobs. Yeah. Would you have hired someone for a media job that you have no idea if they could actually do the job? No. No. I mean, I mean, he's being hired because he's name recognition. Sure, absolutely. A name but, and a face. But what if he stinks? And there's great potential for that. I was going back last night watching old clips of him. I think he was on one of the nighttime talk shows and he was reading mean tweets. Mm-hmm. And he was struggling to read. And yeah. sometimes that's it's not all going to be on a prompter for him. Well, and we're starting to see this now with like Tony Romo with the CBS broadcast. Remember, Tony Romo... Uh, was a quarterback for the Cowboys, then got a huge deal with CBS. He did like one year, and he was kind of this energetic guy, mm-hmm. and uh, they loved him, and people said, oh my gosh, he's so brilliant, and and CBS gave him this colossal deal, and now not only is he not, I mean, he, he Tony Romo's annoying when you watch the games now, having to sit through three hours of Tony Romo, because he's he's become a character of what that really good guy was year one he's tried he just keeps trying to up the ante on that mm-hmm. and it's really alienating a lot of people and you're hearing a lot of people talk about this well cbs is stuck with him yeah because they've given him all, all all this money and so the problem is and you know this like and and we say this all the time and it rubs people the wrong way the average person could not do what we do it, Seem, is, it seems easy but what you don't realize is the three to four hours prep every night before the next day it, it is incredibly hard to do what we do and pull the ratings we do and entertain the amount of people we entertain every single day the reason we're able to do it is because, and there's reason they don't hire, no offense, 23, 24-year-old kids and go, here, here's a talk show. They might do that on like your community radio station, but they don't do it here because this is hard and it's hard to do it every day. And you have to be trained, not trained in the sense of some guy sat down and taught you. You train yourself over time. Mm -hmm. You learn what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You learn how to stay within yourself, how to get a little outside of yourself, but then pull it back in. 
Well, you also have to have some perspective as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And and like a Tony Romo had never done media before. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, the first year was awesome. But if you don't know what you're doing, mm-hmm. it's easy to do what Tony Romo did, which is then you just become so over the top and ridiculous that people are going, you're obnoxious and I don't want to even watch you anymore. So it'll be interesting for Brady who has never been a dynamic personality. Mm-hmm. Now, he was somewhat endearing that first year there. He was in Tampa Bay, but it seems like the past two years, he's kind of reverted back to that almost standoffish, oh. not overly likable. Right. There's just a little bit of edge angriness. Sure. So how does that articulate to mm-hmm. a three-hour broadcast plus mm-hmm. all the things as the lead announcer that you have to do for Fox, right? Like Fox, it, it's not just the game on Sunday. It's all these other things related with the company and the corporation, the meeting with the sponsors and all these. How will that translate Mm -hmm. for him? I'm going to be maybe he'll be great at it. I don't know. It just seems like they paid for the name. Yeah. And now wish you the best. They're going to have to teach him because there's also things like formatics, how to get in and out of the commercials, how to toss it to your co-host, things like that, that he's probably never done. Like Peyton Manning, you knew Peyton had a good personality. You knew he was going to be a good broadcaster. He just had that star-like effervescence quality. You know Tom Brady's a good football player. You know he knows the game. He could talk about the game. I'm sure he would be awesome to have a beer with sit on the couch and dissect a football game. That's different from being on camera, looking at the camera, connecting with viewers. It's a different gig. Here's also the other side of this. And unlike Peyton Manning, there will be a huge swath of people who will be rooting for Tom Brady to fail. Well, sure. That is not a problem. Peyton He's like Manning. Notre Dame or the Yankees. Some people love him. Some people hate him. And you look at the guy who is the perfect looking man, who's mm-hmm. the greatest football player ever, who had the, you know, the on paper, perfect wife and is worth a bajillion dollars and perfect hair and has somehow figured out how to age in reverse. Like he's <laughs> never not been the best, at least on a, you know, on a, inside of his profession. Mm-hmm. And now he's in an area where you've never done this before. Right. So now you're vulnerable and people are going to be looking to pick you apart. And so that will be, that'll be interesting. And I'm sure they're going to ease him into it too, because they don't want him to fail right out Oh, of no, the no. I, I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. You think so? Uh, no, no, no. You're paying him $37.5 million. Yeah, but they want it to work. Yeah, but but I'm telling you. Because it's a contract. They're going to have to pay him out if week, it doesn't. Week one next next week, next year, mm-hmm. he's going to be doing the game of the week. You're paying him $37.5 million. Did you see that the uh, New England Patriots owner offered him a, a one-day contract to go back to New England so he could j- retire as a Patriot? Well, that's a common thing that happens in sports, whether it's really any sport, where they want you to have that farewell press conference. They want to be able to do it with you know their jersey on. Mm-hmm. And you will see athletes who have spent the majority of their careers in an organization and then you know towards the end whether they're chasing a ring or you know the other team is in a rebuild or whatever they go to another team and then they come back and do that so they can properly retire now it'll be interesting if brady accepts because i don't think he likes bill belichick Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. and i don't think he wants anything to do with bill belichick now i think him and Kraft are pretty close so we'll see but uh it's gonna be interesting Either way, he's going to have $375 million. I have, a predi- I have a prediction, Casey. What's that? And let's see. And hopefully we still are doing this radio show 10 years from now so we can uh, see. Hopefully we're still doing this radio show 10 weeks from now. So, uh, but, uh, <laughs> 10 days, uh, 10 hours, whatever. Um, uh, not that we know anything. It's just radio. So we know how the, the cookie crumbles. Um, the, he will not last the contract. 
Oh, no, I, I agree with you. And I'm thinking if he does three years. Yeah. And I think and I think it, Fox, by the end of three years, would probably be happy to just mutually everybody parts our own own way. So that that is my bold prediction. And how do you feel if you're Giselle right now? And I'm sure, and I have no idea what the inner workings of their relationship and a lot of people said, oh, you know, the he, they got divorced because of that. He, he wouldn't quit playing and that one more year in the sunshine he got and that was the fall of their 13-year marriage. I don't believe that at all, do you? I don't know. I don't believe that either, but uh, if that were true, what a what a middle finger he gave to her. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that at all. And so uh, but one thing I do believe is that one of the few people in politics in the state that I actually like is going to be with us next, Marlon Stutzman. Mm-hmm. He was a former congressman from uh, the district that uh, Kevin McCarthy's best friend Jim Banks mm-hmm. uh, took over, the third district out of Fort Wayne. Yep. He uh, ran for U.S. Senate. And I will tell you this, Casey, we're, I worked for Marlon Stutzman's U.S. Senate campaign, and that is where my eyes, this was 2016, were formally and officially open to what a colossal disaster the Republican Party is. He ran against Todd Young. That's when Holcomb was in the race. Holcomb was taking votes from Young. Marlin was winning, was winning easily. Holcomb magically becomes the lieutenant governor. Todd Young then is left to run alone. Todd Young doesn't get the signatures to get on the ballot. Mm-hmm. They just go, oh, that's fine, because Susan Brooks' husband is your attorney, and uh, you may or may not have a donor on the election board that uh, gets to say whether you stay on the ballot or not. And that was the moment where I realized how corrupt and awful and terrible this whole election process, how awful, corrupt, and terrible the Republicans are in this state, and how none of this matters. Marlon, and I love this, is thinking about running for Congress again now that that seat is open, since uh, Kevin McCarthy's best friend, Jim Banks, is running for (laughs) Senate. And so he's going to join us next to talk about this process, about being a guy who actually voted for the people, cares about the debt, is a consistent conservative. He's going to talk about being all those things and trying to run in the modern Republican Party. It's on the way with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. If you knew Peggy Sue, then you know why I feel blue without Peggy. Ninety-three WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. You know, Casey, the question I think I get asked more than any other question is. Is there anyone in politics you like? (laughs) And the answer is? Very few. Very few. But there are a couple. And one of the people I like, and this is Rarified Air, joins us now on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He's a former congressman from the 3rd Congressional District, Marlon Stutzman. Marlon, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, Rob. Great to be with you. It's It's been a while, and I appreciate you having me on this morning. Yeah, absolutely. So word on the street is, and this made me very happy, and there are very few things in Indiana politics and government that make me happy, but the word on the street is, since Jim Banks is running for U.S. Senate, you are considering running again for your old congressional seat, the third congressional seat, the Fort Wayne area. Can you confirm? I, I can confirm we are considering, seriously. I love uh, it! <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Well, you know, I, I uh, things in, in life uh, don't always go as you plan. And, you know, as, as you and I both worked together in the 2016 Senate race, 
Uh, I thought that was the right time to run for the U.S. Senate, uh, and things uh, didn't go as we had hoped. But, how, uh, Marlon, how, how much did the, how uh, not because of the result, but because of the way it went down? How much did the 2016 Senate race change your outlook? Look, everybody knows Todd Young did not get those signatures, and no business even being on the ballot. And because the party wanted him, and Mitch McConnell wanted him, they just said, "It's fine, you can stay." How eye-opening was that for you? Well, you know, I think both you and I uh, look at the the process that it's going to be a fair process and that, you know, people are going to do, they're going to look at something objectively and make a decision based on the facts. And as you and I both learned that that doesn't happen all the time in politics. Uh, unfortunately, it happens, especially when it gets to politics, um, you know, the, the outside of the judicial process, outside of the legislative process or the executive branch. And unfortunately, politics, it's its gotten to a point where try anything. If it sticks, then that must be, you know, it's, it's good. Uh, rather than pursuing truth, pursuing integrity and honesty. And uh, so, you know what, I'm, uh, I, I feel like God closed that door, and uh, now the door is opening again for a potential run in the 3rd Congressional District, which is a, was a huge honor uh, for me to serve uh, for six years between 2010 and 2016. And um, my family's doing great. Christy is supportive of the idea. Our boys are growing. Uh, so, again, I just look at the timing, and, and I think that there was a purpose for for what happened, even though uh, I didn't like the way that it went down. Marlon, I think you and I have something in common. I figured it out. Rob likes people from northern Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you know, it's much colder up here, so yes. us, us people have to be warmer, apparently. I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a good reasoning. So my question is, what do you think has changed since the last time you were in office? Like the big issues that are going on currently that you would like addressed? Well, the same issue for me is is our federal debt, our national debt. I'm a business guy, and you know I run businesses every day. And uh, there's there's a very simple principle that if you want to be successful in business, you can't spend more money than what you make. And it, it's the same principle that we do in our family budgets. It's it's not the principle that the federal government operates under. Um, it, it's just hard to fathom uh, since even when I left office. Uh, about seven years ago, that our federal debt was around twenty trillion dollars, and now it's thirty-two trillion. I mean, that's what. It doesn't seem like anybody is concerned about that particular uh, problem in Washington. It's like they're stuck their head in the sand and they're not um, not worried about it. As a business guy, I that I just can't. You can't operate that way if you want to be successful. You'll be out of business, and that's the concern that I have. Is that our kids, our grandkids, and and possibly even us, uh, that this is going to come to a head soon and there's going to be a meltdown in the markets, a meltdown in currency values. Um, and then what happens? And uh, We've never been in this position before, and I think it's going to be a very, very harsh reality when it comes to a head. So that's going to be one of my uh, top priorities. Obviously, security, the border, making sure our country is looking out for ourselves, that we have to be healthy first. So that way we can help others when we choose to. Uh, Marlon Stutzman is our, our guest, a former congressman from the 3rd Congressional District, uh, pondering a run, as he confirmed this morning with us, for uh, that congressional seat again. Now that Jim Banks is running for U.S. Senate, Casey, go ahead. Well, you said uh, pondering, but then, Marlon, you just said these are things that I'm going to work on. It sounds like you've already made up your yeah! mind. <laughs> what, do you, what needs to happen for you to officially declare? 
Well, you know, there's there is a process um, that I'm I'm going through. I want to make sure my you know Christy, my wife, who I I take her counsel and advice very seriously, has has been supportive of the idea. Uh, you know, we bought an old theater and restaurant in Napanee, Indiana, the old Amish Acres property, and uh, we we now call it the Barnes and Napanee. She was actually a state representative. Uh, for our area, and then when COVID hit, we bought it right before COVID. Our t- timing was bad. Yeah, good timing, but, uh, Marlon. <laughs> right, yeah, see? So now I'm questioning all my timing on everything. Uh, but no, you know what? We fought hard. She she actually had to step down from her seat because it was at a point where uh, she was either in session or back home here helping us run the theater and restaurant, and it, it just was such a difficult, challenging time. And so she decided to come back home, stepped out of her seat, uh, and focus on the jobs that we had there. We were able to save every job uh, that we uh, we had there at the barns. And so as we go through this process, I got to make sure that, you know, my business partners, um, you know, everything's taken care of there. Uh, I've got family members, you know, of course, our boys. And, and you know, as I'm just reaching out to people around the uh, northeastern Indiana third district you know what are people's thoughts you know sometimes you you want a fresh face but so far i i've really appreciated the uh support and a lot of folks you know are encouraged by just the prospects that i may throw my hat back in the ring yeah so obviously the thing people are going to ask a question about is your wife ran for the second congressional seat that was open just a few months ago after the tragic passing of jackie walorski this is the third congressional district so can you explain kind of how all that works yeah, so you know we uh, our farm where I grew up is is in the third district in Howe, so we live right on the uh, the line. So back after I uh, left Congress, came back home, I was working in Warsaw. She was working in Middlebury, and so we bought a place that was closer to work, uh, away from the farm. Our son Peyton, he's uh, you know helping me take care of the the cows and the horses and everything. And so uh, Preston, again back to timing. Uh, Preston graduates in 2024, so the timing of this is is good. We're moving back. We have moved back to the farm in uh, in Howe, and that's where the boys, you know, mostly grew up. But also, you know, Howe and Middlebury are about 20 minutes apart. Middlebury's in the second district. Howe is in the third district, and so um, you know, that's just that's where our life is at. And and uh, so uh, as we move back to the farm, and Jim Banks has decided to move. Uh, or take a shot at the Senate, uh, the timing just seemed to be really right for us. Uh, Marlon, can a conservative still get elected in contested primaries in Indiana? It seems like the establishment wins a lot of stuff. I mean, we saw them spend a million dollars to get to get rid of, of Kurt Nicely and, and uh, John Jacob. We've seen them put big money before into your race for U.S. Senate. It, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the, the current U.S. Senate primary that, that's shaping up. Can, can Conservatives still win contested primaries in Indiana. Absolutely, but you know what? It's it's harder. Um, you know, and that's why we have to have the right message. We have to be talking about the issues that people care about. I, you know, I think that's where, like President Trump, when he came on the scene, he talked about the the issues that real Americans, what we face every day. You know, how do we? You know, trying to raise our family, uh, household uh, spending issues. Um, he talked about outside of the Beltway and security and the border. 
he talked about issues that affect everyday families. And, and I think that's what we have to talk about um, uh, consistently. And that's what I've always talked about because that's, you know, I grew up on a farm in LaGrange County. I am a business guy and was in Congress for six years. Um, and I've seen the, the underbelly of the beast and, and know that, uh, you know, I got, as I ran for higher office, it, as we, you and I both know, it was, uh, not well received by the establishment, but, uh, you know, I think I have a lot to offer and believe that, we need voices from the real world to go to Washington, to go to Indianapolis. And uh, the establishment is, you know, they are well established. They've got a lot of money behind them. Um, but I think that uh, we, we can't just give up. We have to continue to, to fight. And I think that the party, you know, what Trump has done to the Republican Party, what other conservatives have done to the Republican Party, we're, we're talking about the issues that really matter. One of them that uh, I think needs more attention, again, as I mentioned, is the national debt. But, uh, you know, we're strong on military. We're, we're, we're continuing to fight on the border. Uh, I've seen that, how it's affected business. So I think I have a lot to offer if I decide to run in the 3rd District. So you guys are pretty busy. Uh, the last production that I saw at the Round Barn Theater was Annie. So uh, I'd like to know what you have coming up. But more importantly, with all what, the important questions, Casey. Yeah, but with with running with running, you know, the Amish Acres, the Round Barn Theater, your farm, you've got kids, you know, that are graduating, your wife working. How do you think you can manage all of this? <laughs> well, you know, good question. Uh, you know, I'm I'm. I have a great team and, you know, working with our team is what it really makes us successful. You know, my, my parents started kind of our business ventures with uh, their farm and then they started raising chickens for Miller poultry in Goshen, Indiana. And and then I ventured off and got involved in some other businesses. Um, And it's really having the right team in place. And that's part of my process uh, is to just make sure that all those pieces are in place. And uh, everybody's been very supportive and, and it likes the idea of it. But uh, but to your question, Little Mermaid, I mean, that's our first <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> Little Mermaid, Oklahoma. I mean, Elf is going to be our Christmas show this year. So it's going to be a blast. Uh, all right, Marlon, we uh, we want you to do this uh, because I have no doubt that on the most important issue, which is the spending, you were great before it was the issue. You were awesome on that before. I have no doubt you'd be great on it again. And when you make a decision, we want you to announce it here. I mean, Abdul announced yesterday on our show. So when you make a decision, announce it here. Okay. <laughs> I'm not... Uh... I, I will have something, I hope, here in the next uh, couple of months. Uh, All right. But uh, it's going to be sooner rather than later. All right, Marlon Stutzman, thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you, Rob. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Okay, so we did the day the music died as our Mm. musical act for the day because today is the 64th anniversary of the plane crash that killed Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, and the Big Bopper. So let's clarify this right now. If we got to rank the top four, the Mount Rushmore of songs between those those 
three people. Oh. What do we do? We got La Bamba has got to yeah. be on there, yeah. right? Yep. You got to have the, the Big Bopper song, Chantilly Lace mm-hmm. has got to be on there. What yeah. do we do? Uh, Buddy Holly's got to be uh, Peggy Sue. You think I, Peggy Sue? I feel mo- like I'd put Every Day. Yeah, Every Day is my well, favorite, Well, we got four too. songs. Right. So we got four songs. So that, Okay. So well, don't you need... You got... Yeah. Okay. I, I was mean, gonna. It, I was gonna say Don McLean, but that's actually about right, the event, yeah. not from them. So okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's the four. Well, I will say uh, "We Belong Together" by Richie Valens is. It's pretty. pretty Take big your personal one. bias out of it, Kevin. I, I feel like gotta, this one. That one's pretty big. The average person. <laughs> the, the average. Right, you're what right. Would the, you're what right. would the average person? Okay. Pick? The, the average person definitely knows La Bamba. Yeah. Uh, definitely knows Every Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the big bopper. The so big, I, I maintain the of Chantilly all those in the moment. The, face the big bo- ponytail. We were talking about this earlier. I maintain yeah. in the moment of which it was happening. Now we yeah. got on this earlier, and it's going to enrage me. But we're going to have this discussion, <laughs> I guess. That in the moment that Chantilly Lace was arguably the biggest of all the songs. Mm-hmm. Like certainly, yeah. he didn't have the volume of work that definitely Buddy Holly or even Richie Valens did, but in the moment Mm -hmm. it was... It was the bigger song at the time. Right, like there are tons of songs that in the moment are bigger or get more accolades or whatever but do not stand the test of time. Like, for example, the album Private Dancer by Tina Turner. That album sucks, Mm. but in the moment (laughs) it won album of the year over Born in the USA, which had seven top ten hits. that's because that was a spoon-fed album that... that And you agree with me, right? I completely agree with you because the record companies had so much money sunk into Tina Turner's return that they were forcing it on people and... That's right. why it got so much Because pri- pri- Private Dancer has Private Dancer and What's Love Got to Do With It. Those mm-hmm. are the two right. big songs of Private Dancer. Mm-hmm. That's it. Born in the USA had seven top ten right. hits. Mm-hmm. And there's no way, but yet it won the Grammy mm-hmm. and was album of the year, mm-hmm. which is wholly ridiculous. But over time, what album stands up better? Obviously, it's Born in the USA. Yeah, yes, that, uh, Born in the USA was built to last. Yeah, exactly. So, But the point is, in terms of, thank you, Kevin, I really appreciate you. Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, yes, thank you. I will say it did stand the test of time. But in the moment in which the songs were being released, mm-hmm. obviously Peggy Sue or Every Day mm-hmm. or La Bamba are over the test of time or universally played, listened to, whatever, than Chantilly Lays. But I think you could make a compelling argument that in the time in which it was released that the Big Bopper had the biggest of all the hits. Yeah, and I think Every Day from Buddy Holly got more popular afterwards. Yeah, yeah I feel like it was in a few movies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about something Casey did yesterday? <sighs> if we have to. I told you when you did it we were going to talk I about know, it. And I know, and I said and you, you doubled it. And, and you I doubled said, down on you're it. You're going to make fun of me for this, aren't you? Go ahead. Casey is a wine snob. I'm not a snob. <laughs> she. So we brought Casey with us to the mentoring session yesterday because we felt Casey needed some mentoring. I needed mentoring. <laughs> and so uh-huh. Casey again. What? Go. We go to a place in which it's the same place, Rob. It's, it's not like you're using a lot of variety. It's out there. it because it's designed for two dudes to be pounding some brews, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Talking about life, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Casey again is pilfering through the wine I, menu. No, she did not bring me a menu this time. She remembered us. Casey, your wine thing was so egregious the last time. She remembered exactly what we all got. No, I think she's she, like, you're uh, the wine lady. No, she's got a crush on Kevin. <laughs> we we know the truth. 
We know the truth. She remembered Kevin. And she did not bring me a menu because, and I said, I'm not going to ask for one because you're going to make fun of me. And she said, what do you want? And I said, red wine. Do you have a Pinot Noir? Yeah, and she did. was like, yeah, we do. And I said, that's what I'll take. It went something like, do you have a 67 Cabaret? No, no, Slightly no, chilled. No, yeah, no. You're, you're asking if it was like French, if no, they had French wine or Italian. No, or... it did not go down like that at all. She's like, you we got... completely exaggerate. You know what? At least I got a little taste. What did you order? She, you ordered a pitcher of Long Island iced tea. She got, she, she got know, a, she's like, we got barefoot, lady. That's what we got. Yeah, we got yeah. barefoot. You know what? Your big contribution of ordering an alcoholic beverage is make my Long Island, my pitcher of Long Island with diet coke. That's the secret, right? If you want to, Kevin, I've talked about this many times. If you want to stand the test of time for an evening of, of drinking, mm-hmm. you replace your regular soda with a diet soda. Soda and it will dramatically limit the amount of sugar mm-hmm. that you will consume and mm-hmm. you will be able to. That is why I was on, you know, the all-time Mount Rushmore's of Indiana drinking teams because <laughs> of little tricks like that, Casey. And then you mentored Kevin on that. Well, anyway, Casey, at some point in the middle of Kevin and I talking about, you know, life and girls and whatever, mm-hmm. starts just holding her glass up. Yes, yeah, swiveling and- <laughs> the glass. I was swirling it on the swirling table. <laughs> And then I lifted it up to look at the legs to see what it was what was going on. I didn't and uh, I have no idea what brand of wine I was drinking. It cost six dollars. Walmart. So it was it a Walmart wasn't brand a of wine. Great wa- glass of wine. I mean, it was serviceable. It did the job, but it was like not this high-end cocktail. So why were you swirling? It was like she was like yeah. a billionaire in their cavernous mansion in a bathrobe. She I was, was doing I was, that. I was aerating it. I was getting more oxygen in there. Because that releases the aroma of the wine. Because when you drink red wine specifically, you first use your nose to find out what the flavor is. How many like vineyards and wine tastings have you been to? I've been to a couple. What what is like the Mount Rushmore of vineyards for you? Silver Oak. She was in Alexander Valley. Kevin, really? She was at a place that was promoting gummy bear shots, and she was concerned with swirling and air. Creating the wine. I, I, look, we, I, were, we were reading the menu and it had gummy shots on it. I, I respect uh, your knowledge about it, yeah. how cultured you are. I just think this establishment, it's not exactly the place where you're going to get your fancy old world. Yeah. No, and, and you know what? It was more, more just something to do with my hand. I just was swirling the glass mm-hmm. of wine and you guys picked up on it. And Kevin said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just checking the legs on the wine. And legs on the wine? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> And then, and but you know the thing, you make fun of these Long Islands. We don't have to swirl the Long Island. You just shake the pitcher yeah. to make sure the alcohol is equally distributed, mm-hmm. and that's all you got to do. And you Casey. just drink through a straw, yeah, which exactly. is which is very manly, by the way. No, I no, okay no, that. I, that's that's a masculine. I man. love that she brought me a double straw yesterday, and I was like, "Lady, what do you think is going on?" Well, here? she yeah, she even remembered that I like to order French fries yeah. with my uh-huh. sandwich. Yeah, yeah she was she was hot on you, Kevin. Yeah, because she's you. got a, she's got a thing for you. Well, that's why you guys keep going back to the same place. One of these days, that Long Island is going to get your courage up enough yeah. to get her phone number. Yeah. Liquid courage. Yeah. Yes. We were there for you. We were like, just ask her. Yeah, we just would, be a straight well, shooter. We, we, hey. would, we would tell whatever lie you need us to tell to make that happen for you, Kev. Look, we, I left my digits on the uh, check. Did you? Being honest. <laughs>
Did you? <laughs> no, you didn't. Stop. That was right after I handed out a couple stickers in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, my I had, goodness. Had to take care of business. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, are you going to the Weird Al concert? What are you doing? No, What'd I you think decide? The, the Weird Al's going to cost too much money. Honestly, I think I'm going to go to the Monster Truck. Are well, you going to the Pacer uh, game tonight? Uh, are, you, are you rocking the Pacer game? Maybe. Are oh. you and your man going to rock the Pacer game tonight? <laughs> Me and the dude. Local celebrity Casey Daniels at the Pacer game tonight. Well, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know on Monday. I miss, I, I, the previous owner used to give away his, of this radio station, used to give away his courtside seats. Maybe the email will come out. Hey, does anybody right. want tickets? And I can go, yes. Yeah. Check out the Sky Deck up in the Yeah, you get your wine. You oh, can, you will, can will there be Long Islands yeah. there? Oh, there will be all kinds of You can of aerate areas. your wine. Aerate. 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 <laughs> aerate. That's what you do to a golf course. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Good job today. And thank you for listening. We're going to count on you to be back here Monday. It's Kevin and Casey on 93 WIBC. Have a good weekend.